Welcome to another episode of the Thriving Over Surviving podcast, where we discuss the ups and downs of our autoimmune diagnoses, but ultimately how we thrive in spite of it. I'm your host, Edie Sahesian. I was diagnosed in 2015 with multiple sclerosis. I've learned a lot about MS in myself over the past few years, but the most important thing I realize is that I am going to live my best life. MS and other autoimmune diseases tend to be a bit of a bummer if we let them. So why not battle back by finding our joy? So today I bring to you a person living with MS, but this person is dedicated to helping others through yoga, meditation, and an all-around healthier lifestyle. And when I say she's dedicated, 100% her heart is in it. She's not necessarily in it for herself, although I'm sure she gains some things from that, but she is there to help everybody in our MS community. And I'm really honored today to welcome Mara Fowler to the show. Welcome to Thriving Over Surviving. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so blessed to be here. It's my pleasure to have you. So let's start out at the beginning. Well, I don't know what your beginning is, but your diagnosis story. So my beginning mainly starts, or not mainly, does start at age about 20. So I'm 43 now. So I have a 23-year track record with multiple sclerosis, and I like to say I'm living with it. So I started with just little symptoms that we all, I think, normally have the numbness, the, you know, I don't know what's happening to my leg. I don't, you know, know why my ankle feels so weird or my arm. And we kind of ignore it. And then it just seems to cascade into something else. So then I started to develop a really bad cold, but it was different. I sort of lost my concentration really bad. I didn't know like where I was for a little bit. I was working two jobs. So I thought maybe it was the stress of two jobs. I was about to go on vacation. And then I wound up in the emergency room and they at that time diagnosed me with, with complex migraines. And that was obviously not exactly what was going on. So I spent about two months in and out of test results, spinal taps, that whole time. And then, so by my 21st birthday, I was in the Miami Heart Institute here in Miami, Florida. That's where I'm from. And I saw a doctor and he basically put a x-ray up to a window because back then they didn't have so much digital stuff. That's how old I am. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll go back to the beginning. And so then... He basically said, there's a diagnostic spot and uh, you have multiple sclerosis and uh, you feel then that your world is going to change forever. You're 21, your world's your oyster. I think, you know, you're about to just do so many different things with your life. And I left there feeling like I wanted to educate myself as much as I could, but I was young, dumb, and still wanted to party. 
Yeah, of course. And, right. So I spent a few years in sort of a denial phase, but still did, you know, therapy and all those things. Didn't take care of my body as well as I wanted to. And then I went into restaurant management and I got all into that and the stress of all of that compounded, compounded. And through that, I had about four relapses, small, very small. And then in 2014, I had a major relapse and I didn't walk for eight and a half months. And that's what brought me to my mission and passion and uh, why I uh, use my voice today to try to help and inspire others to use yoga, meditation, and healthy lifestyle to change the way they think, feel about multiple sclerosis. So tell us a little bit more, first off, about this big relapse that you had in 2014. How was it different than when you were initially diagnosed, and where was your mind at that point? So in 2014, I had just gotten married. I think I was at the highlight of my life. I was about to change careers. So go back to school to be a nurse, change stages in my life, and try to slow down. We were about to maybe plan a family. So I went off my drug therapy, which at that time, they told us that we could not be on drug therapy while planning children. And I was on Jelinia at the time which is one of the drugs that you definitely cannot at that time be on while planning. So I was planning a wedding, doing all these things. I changed careers and then I started to have uh, go into a relapse and they couldn't stop it with steroids. So I did two rounds of Cyamedrol by IV for, I did infusions. I think if I can remember correctly, because that time is kind of like, you know, the time gets fuzzy with the drugs. So I think I went and did infusions. I lived in Virginia then, so I had to drive two and a half hours to have infusions to my uh, physician at the time. And so I would drive there while in relapse. And still, I think I was working then. And um, during that, they couldn't stop the relapse. And what were your symptoms at that point? So during that relapse, I started to hunch over. So I lost my core ability. I started to develop the MS hug, but it was more concaved in the, not so much that everybody gets like right here where they feel like they have like almost indigestion and that real tight hug. But I get, I got the hug here. And so I felt like I was like collapsing in. And then I had unbelievable nerve pain that ran underneath my arm all the way down and like through like my leg and I couldn't walk on my right side but I am such a fighter that I don't give up and so I was still driving like that I was still like you know conducting my life as though it was totally normal but I knew I, I you always know I think if any of us are not new to the game we know when we're in trouble yeah for sure i mean gosh i i i've had ms hug but not in that location too and that can be scary because your chest area is you know you think other things are going on <laughs> and so and to be driving yourself and all of those things it sounds like you're pretty independent it was a it was a difficult time and I've always said, like, I'm not ready until, like, I'm ready. Like, I'm not going to stop until I have to. 
So when you say stop, because it sounds like you're all in, you're all into your management job, you're all into now you're moving on to getting married. So you're 100% go, go, go doing this nursing school transition too. So at that point, when this major relapse happened and you're not walking, was that the point that you were like, I need to do something different? Well, no, it was when I went to take my anatomy, my first day of class, and I was in the parking lot and I literally could not take another step. And I was so terrified that I had to like call my sister and I'm like, I don't know what to do. And they had to take me to the emergency room and admit me. Yeah, so that can't be easy, right? When you realize, man, I need help. It's very difficult for someone that doesn't ask for help to say, I need this from you. But it sounds like your sister was that person. Who else supports you in your journey? My mom and my dad really do support me in, you know, a different role. But my husband, for sure, has been my superhero. You know, he, I think from like the first time we... Our first date when I told him I had multiple sclerosis and I said, here's your chance to like run. No, he had his out and he's all stuck by me for the last like 12 years, eight of which were married and never um, wavered. And when I had that bad relapse and I was in the hospital for 21 days, he slept with me there. He crawled in bed. He cleaned me up when I couldn't do it. He, he was my, he was my hero and I don't think I could do enough for that man. He sounds pretty fabulous. <laughs> and when I speak to my guests and they tell me about these fabulous husbands, I ask them, <laughs> is there a brother around? Because I'm a li- I'm a couple years older than you, but I'm in need of a brother or a best friend, the buddy guy who is amazing as well. So please be on the lookout for yeah, another totally one like your man. He just kind of fell in my lap. I'm not going to lie. He walked through a door one day and I said a few choice words. And then I said, I'm either, and then I'm going to either marry him. And so I don't know. It was like, Mari, you're a lucky lady. And he, and he gave me my fairy tale, horse and carriage. Oh my goodness. That was for the wedding? For my engagement. Oh my gosh, it was one of those. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I'll take one of those. I like romance. Sign me up. I'm there. So yeah, you have this guy at home, right? And you want to be healthy and happy for him. So how did you come back from that relapse when you weren't walking? What was that like? So after I was in the hospital, then I had to do two rounds of plasmapheresis. So plasmapheresis, they have to basically kind of wash your blood and they separate out bad bad blood cells that are causing like the infection or like relapse to continue to happen. And then they give you better stuff, but it's your blood that they're washing. It's kind of like dialysis in a way. Okay, so they did that process. Yeah, and then I felt better, but I have residual nerve pain that's left over from that episode. So after probably two months of trying to get meds under control for the pain, and I was about 70 pounds overweight, I realized that that was where I had to start and know that 
part of the reason that I couldn't walk is my physical ability and that it was even worse after the relapse because I was lost all my core so I hadn't been walking either but I had I was doing physical therapy during the physical therapy I would ask for them to work me a little harder I would ask them to start doing adding more resistant work but it was hard it was not an easy thing to learn to balance again because that was the hardest part was finding this my center of balance you know using a walker for any of us I think is always th thought of as like the turning point of super sexiness right of course mine was red <laughs> oh well good party on and it had a seat Oh, lovely. See? I just turned around and sat down if I needed it. Wow. See, you're riding in style with that machine. <laughs> so that's why it's the turning point. Yeah. And, but, you know, I really thought of it more as like, this is my chance to show that, like, I'm a fighter and I was once standing before and I'm going to stand again tall and I walked before and I'm going to walk again. And I'm not going to give up. I've never given up on anything. And I'm not, you know, I might cry and I'm going to complain. And my husband probably has listened to me enough. He's still listening to me. I think that's really what's brought me keep going for the last, you know, seven years. This whole battle too, because I'm still fighting. It's an everyday thing. My leg's still not perfect on the right side. I still have hip weakness. I still have foot drop. I still, you know, have those those issues left over from that relapse. And I still have the nerve pain. I have um, a spinal cord stimulator installed in my back. Wow, what is that like? It's actually interesting. It's like a TENS unit. So like a stimulator that you would put maybe on your ankles or something like that to maybe stimulate the nerves. But mine's internal. Wow. And I can turn it on and off. It helps to stimulate the nerve sensation that's basically happening on the nerves that are being pressed against that have that trauma. But it's gotten a lot better. I did it so that I could get off some pain medication. It was really impacting my cognitive thinking. Although you were having those issues, I still think it is super courageous of you to go through and have that surgery because anything with your back is going to be risky, right? Yeah. So that's really awesome. And it just is a testament to your will. Did you finish the nursing piece? What happened with that? So I started getting really into yoga. I found something that I got equally as much stimulation from as I would have if I had gone back to school, I think, because I got the medical part of the work I think I wanted, and I got the love of yoga at the same time, which I didn't know I loved. How did you stumble upon that then? I had done a couple yoga classes before, and then I had been doing it seriously for a few years at a local gym here in Miami and you know on a daily basis and I was really just working myself up a lot doing it mostly and not really instilling the spiritual part of it into the practice really getting into the breathing and stuff like that but when I was doing the asana practice I also just learned that the idea of letting go was so serving me as a patient, as a 
keep someone with multiple sclerosis because we tend have this tendency to always be so stiff. When I started doing yoga, I would only be doing heavy poses where I was doing all strength, all strength, all strength. So yeah, I was strengthening my body. I was learning more about how to keep myself upright and how to balance. But it wasn't until I actually got down on the floor with like a bolster, which is like a big pillow and some blocks and moved around with those and made myself into these big shapes that I realized that I don't need to make myself into these pretzel-like shapes to feel like I, I am like getting the same effect out of this. And that's when I realized that I could take the judgment out of being a yoga person because that's what you do a lot because you are not, you don't feel normal in a way when you have MS. So you see all these people doing all these crazy stuff with their body, you wanna do it. So that's what hesitated me from getting really into it. But when I really started to, to find that love of making it my own is when I really loved yoga. And that's, that, that was the gift that yoga gave me. It sounds like, it sounds like it's something that also provides you with balance. So when you get in that mindfulness state, right, it helps you to get everything else in the right place. It's also having this wild, wonderful impact on your overall being, your body, and your mindset. So how do you maintain at this point? You, you, you're in a new place. How do you maintain that thriving mindset? Because you still have a lot of symptoms that are happening. I guess for me personally to maintain this mindset is staying on a schedule really helps. I've kind of put myself on like a bedtime and a wake up time. It's really helped to keep myself more organized as a person who has ability to put themselves with stickies everywhere. But I found that that was getting worse as my MS was getting worse. I noticed that in the last year or so, or more than a year, that my memory was getting a lot worse. So last year I had did a neuropsych exam to make sure that I wasn't reaching a point where I needed to talk about medication or different things that we needed to work on with my psychologist as well as my psychiatrist, or I was just nuts. So... <laughs> But, you know, everything said it was pretty much borderline, which didn't give me as much hope as I thought, but at least I'm not nuts. There you go. I had that same testing done, and I was ready for it to say that too. And it did say it in a couple categories, if I have to be brutally honest. There's a couple things that I'm not really good at, which it just confirmed it, because you know what's going on. So I feel you with that testing. And it was a lot of tests, right? Oh my God. And some of them I felt really dumb. Like yes. some of the vocabulary, I'm like, I don't even know what that word means. <laughs> and I have such a good sense of humor, you know, I'm like, what? Could you repeat that, please? Can you, can you spell that slowly? <laughs> and the person sitting there has to stay so straight faced and you know they want to join in with you and go, yeah, this is a crazy word. <laughs> But yes. Like, What's wrong with you? <laughs> Afterwards, I asked her like a million questions. So did you notice how I did this? What does that tell me? And she's like, your doctor will go over all of that with you. 
And then they can give me the results right away. And I'm like, oh my God. Exactly. Two more months. I'm like, how long can this be to score? I'm either losing my memory or not. Right, right. And I'm like, oh, I didn't realize it was going to give you an IQ level. And I did not want to know. Like, don't tell me that. Because my father thinks I'm a genius. And I just had to be really honest with him and say, I am an average intelligence. Just to let you guys know. Uh-huh. Yep. I'm an average human being. So I know you were just telling us you try to stay on a routine and that really yeah. helps you a lot. Do you have yeah. any other tips that you like to share? I think journaling is also good and journaling can just be just kind of keeping track of like your mindset and just kind of seeing where you're like going from there. I think that's always nice. I try to meditate every day and that can just be for five minutes. Uh, And of course, I always try to throw in on the days that I really are not working with my students. I try to do at least an asana practice. And asana practices don't have to entail anything where you have to really engage in any sweaty activity at all. You can just do one yoga pose. You can do two yoga poses. You can just do, you could lay on the floor flat and just lay there. And that can be you know killing two birds your meditation for the day and just spending like a few minutes of self-care in the morning with yourself that's so interesting so i hadn't heard that word you said asana o-s-n-a no asana a-s-a-n-a a-s-a-n-a okay so when i was in college i took yoga i took it twice we had to take four pe classes and you could take them twice at the most so i loved the yoga And at the end of every class, because you know the yoga teachers, and I hear it in your voice too, they're so calm, and you're like, how can I get to this place, place, right? So at the end of every class, she'd have us lay flat, and she'd have us tense up different parts of our bodies. And when you tense up, your body part actually lifts off the ground, right, when you're really tense. And then she'd be like, drop, and you'd hear everybody's arms or whatever drop and when you do that throughout your whole body it puts you in this relaxed state so when I can't go to sleep I start doing that and it really helps to calm my nerves and whatever is going it's called yoga what yoga nidra there's a name for this well I'd like to get back to it I started taking a couple classes before COVID and I I haven't but I know there's a bunch of resources out there for us do you do any work online I happen to do I do teach online tell us about that you can uh, definitely reach me to teach zoom anywhere Uh, I have a student that I've been teaching since her diagnosis onset onset say that a few times fast and uh, she's absolutely wonderful I now have her husband doing it with her so it's turned into like a couple's time together which has really been nice so she's just been with me she's doing so great I like to really get to know my students I just don't want to be throwing them into asana or into practices every day but I ask them how they're feeling just so that I know where they want to go which we practice together, but I really enjoyed teaching her. She lives in Arkansas. The miracle of online approaches. I mean, we can get to anyone anywhere. So Mm -hmm. I live in Orlando. I don't know if you knew that. So I'm very close to you. It's not like I can drive down for my class every week, but 
Yeah, let's hook that up. I, I'd love yes. to take a couple of classes. Absolutely. How would people find you to do that? So you can email me at msyogamovements at gmail.com and I can set up a Zoom evaluation and we can go over what kind of stage you are in MS. We can talk for just a few minutes just to get to know each other a little bit. I just like to kind of hear your story and kind of see where your mindset is, where you want to take your yoga practice. If you want to go in more of a direction of more of mindset or more learning a lot more about yoga and how we can either stretch you out or we can actually move you into, you know, to see if you've done yoga before or we need to start from the beginning. So yeah, I'm glad you do that kind of diagnostic because I'm a chubby girl and while I used to be super flexible, I haven't been doing those kinds of things, which I need to get into it more. I'm trying to do some strength training too. So do you take all levels of ability? Yes. All levels of ability. When I did my initial training, we, we got to train for different modalities as well. And I am double certain, like I have a certification as well in um, yin and one in restorative. And so my main favorite to teach, and I think it's the best for MS patients is restorative. So I did, I do a combination of the classes where we do strength training in the beginning of the class, kind of to get you in, you know, get your endorphins rolling, get you happy. And then we do end the class in a more restorative way of kind of cooling down, bringing you into that general awareness and centering back. We're definitely keeping in touch and we're going to do some classes. Absolutely. I love that. I'm excited. Thank you. I'll have to report back to everybody. So you lived in, you said Arkansas and now you're in, right? Arkansas. Well, I live at, well, she's the girl, one girl I teach oh. in Arkansas. Okay. So where did you live before? I used to live in Virginia. Okay. There you go. See, I, my, yes. my short-term memory is like lost. Hence the psychological evaluation. But... <laughs> Okay, so you've lived in Virginia, and now you're in Miami. Yes. What's your favorite place on Earth? So my favorite, my flavor, my favorite place on Earth would probably be my grandparents' beach house in Long Island. Why is that so special to you? So my grandparents bought that house when my mom was six. And I have been going there ever since I was a baby. And so it just brings me the most comfort and the biggest warm hug every time. The smell of the water when you open the door to get out. There's nothing like the sound when you get there. The house is, there's nothing to that house, but it's everything to me. And the fact that we can still have it in our family still to this day is even more special. Wow, that's incredible for your family and really brings people together, especially water. I feel like if you're on a lake or at the beach, the ocean, you're just coming together and it's uniting and you can't be in a bad mood when you're in that place, right? Because like you said, the sounds and the smells and it really fills your senses. So I'm not surprised that that's your favorite. Plus with the family connection, I love that for you. How do you inspire others to make the most out of their lives? 
I guess I would want to say that I want to inspire others to tell their story because I think that's how we educate not only other people with multiple sclerosis, but families that have people living with multiple sclerosis. Only doctors can educate us so much from the scientific and you know medical standpoint, but we're living and breathing multiple sclerosis every single day. We are the, the voice of multiple sclerosis. Thank you so much for being here today with me. I know we shared a little bit about where people can find you. Where can they see where you are on social media? You can reach my Facebook page, which is MS Yoga Movements. And then we have our Instagram page, which is also MS Yoga Movements. So you can find me at all those places. If you ever need any help with something dedicated to yoga and multiple sclerosis, you can always locate me online. I'd love to hear from you. Thanks so much, Mara, for being here with us from denial to major relapse to yoga instructor. I knew you had to join us today to share your story. I wish you the best of luck and please keep thriving. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Thriving Over Surviving podcast. If you would like to join our growing community of thrivers, there are a lot of ways to do so. Visit the website at thrivingoversurvivingpodcast.com. There you'll find links to all our social media, my blog, and lots more. See you next time when we chat it up with another autoimmune warrior on the Thriving Over Surviving podcast. Keep thriving. Keep thriving.